Want to get the edge with your Premier League betting predictions? Pinnacle have teamed up with InfoGoal to delve deeper into the data for all the Premier League matches each game week. You combine betting market data with InfoGoal's performance data to try and find Pinnacle customers' value in the odds. This is EPL Insights. Welcome to EPL Insights with data provided by InfoGoal. We're back for another week of providing you out there our winners. Gareth Wheeler alongside Jake Osgathorpe. Um, make it back to back to back profitable weeks for myself. Uh, another good week for you as well, Jake. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Um, wasn't as profitable as the two prior weeks, but we we did scrape a profit. We needed some help on Sunday. I'll, I'll give you that much. With the Arsenal win, obviously that pushed us over the edge in terms of profit, which which is nice. Um, and I guess that was one of my bigger fancies of the weekend. And and just yeah, I'm, I don't want to spoil the pod, but I've got a very pro Arsenal stance yet again this weekend. Whoa, they've, they've been kind to me recently. United. They've been very kind at a plus number. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I like plus to think that Jake really is good. Jake has come over to the dark side. What did you say when you're making that Arsenal play over Spurs? You were going with the Gareth Wheeler method. That's how you presented it at that, <laughs> that time. Is, yeah, yeah. Just if, Not, if, if, if in doubt, who's the better team? Um, yeah, they're, they're a better team. They were a plus number. And I, I said to myself, I think I said on the pod as well, what price would Man City be if they were at Spurs? And they would be a lot shorter than what Arsenal went off. Um, and I think Arsenal at this moment in time are performing at the same similar level to Man City. So um, I think we've probably got two or three weeks left of that kind of underestimation from the book from the bookies in terms of Arsenal and how good they actually are. So yeah, we'll be looking to take advantage of that again. I, I I'm actually looking at the lines for this upcoming game week. Like I ended up having 12 plays last week, somehow. 12. <laughs> this week I can guarantee I won't have that many. Uh, but some big results, and I feel like the books have adjusted a little bit. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit later in this podcast because uh, some of the teams were maybe they were undervalued or providing some opportunity. Uh, maybe that has closed a little bit as we've really reached the midway point of the Premier League season. Yeah, I, I started the weekend slow, 0 for 2 in my uh, Manchester Derby bets, which you know, it, it mixed emotions for me. You want to win your bets, but I was on City, and as a United supporter, um, I'll be able to take that. <laughs> Somehow it stayed under, and if you listen to the pundits, it should have stayed under where the Bruno Fernandes goal should not have stood, according to anyone who's not a Manchester United supporter. Big win for Southampton. You and I were both on the right side uh, on, on Brighton-Liverpool. Uh, that game went over. Well, I actually pushed because the total was at three in that game. Uh, in that game, that was my one push. But you're right. The Sunday was great. I ended up with seven correct, four wrong, and a push on the weekend. How about yourself? Yeah, I had three wrong, four correct, and a push. So, yeah, but like, like the three of the winners were plus numbers. So that, that helps just nudge it into profit. I think if we're going level stakes, if we, I think we're, something we're probably going to discuss, isn't it, in terms of how we keep track of these things. But if, yes. I, if we say our best bet is double stake, then I think I made. 0.98 points profit. So, you know, we were in the we were in the in, in the black, but not as much as previous weeks. But you take it any week in the black, you take all day long. As this podcast continues to uh, to evolve, our producers are putting together their collective mind trust and come up with a way that we can properly document for you, the listener, over the course of the coming weeks. As this podcast, you know, we're upping our game. We're we're improving each and every match week, just like Manchester United. 
That's why that, that, that Arsenal, <laughs> Arsenal shade off the top. Uh, so we've reached a point in the season where for the first time, for the first time since 2004 and the Invincibles, Arsenal are odds on favorite to go on and win the Premier League. Um, that's on Pinnacle. Uh, that's widely available across books basically everywhere. I haven't seen a city where they're they're favorite. This is incredible because right after the season ended last year, there were plus 5,000 Arsenal were to go on and win the Premier League this season. So you could have had Arsenal at plus 5,000. After game week three, plus 1,200. And after game week 17, plus 250. But now things have swung Minus 125 for Arsenal win the Premier League and Manchester City coming in at plus 135. What do you make of this? Because at InfoGoal as well, we have an updated simulation that also has Arsenal as favorites to win the Premier League. So maybe you can walk us through this a little bit, Jake. Yeah, so the model, um, we've just done a re-simulation, which is based on the um, team ratings that we have at the start of the season, but the team ratings are, are fluid, so depending on how you perform, the, the ratings go up and down um, over a certain amount of games. And, and yeah, we've, we've just got the latest simulation after Derby weekend and, and Arsenal are into 51% favourites to win the title. So we, we make them odds on. Um, and you will know, like, you know, listener, if if you like your percentages and your odds, that 51% uh, translates to a price of around 1.96 in decimal or minus 104 um, on the money uh, American money line, and and that ultimately tells you that Arsenal at minus one twenty five aren't a bet, <laughs> and, and that's kind of is kind of what we discussed last week. You asked me the question last week: when is the best time to get City on board? And I said to you that the best time would be next week because City will drop points. I don't think I said it this confidently, but I expected City to drop points and I expected Arsenal to win, and that's exactly what happened. Um, and now you're getting Man City at plus one thirty five, which according to the Infocom model is. A value bet. We we make them plus one thirteen on the money line. So there is, um, yeah, there, there's some value to be had there. But it's the first time ever since I've been working with the Infocom model that that we've seen Arsenal as a favourite to win the title. Um, so yeah, quite a big turn of events over the last couple of weeks. It's been a long time coming. The thing is, and this this is where I you know raise my eyebrows at this. Um, is this sustainable? Arsenal's in a very difficult run of games. They play United this weekend. They haven't played City in the league as of yet. I understand that they have what a nine-point cushion. We're recording this podcast Wednesday. Uh, United plays on Wednesday. City plays on Thursday. So th- there will be some potential movement before United plays Arsenal at the Emirates on the weekend. But it- it's when you haven't played City yet and you play them twice – and you still need to play United, the only team that's beat you. Um, there, there could be some room. And with the Arsenal also um, right in the mix, they have to be considered the favorite to go on and win the Europa League as well. So th- th- there's a lot that can happen. Um, I understand why. I mean, th- that gap is impressive. They continue to be very good. Do they have the depth to see this through? I still do have some questions. That's the bottom line, Jake. I still have some questions about this Arsenal side. Not the way they play, but the sustainability over the duration of the season? Yeah, uh, I had the same kind of questions myself. Um, the squad depth has always been a major concern of mine. Uh, they've been very fortunate with injuries. I did some calculating last uh, yesterday, and from the start in 11, I think it's seven players haven't missed a game in the Premier League, which is you know pretty remarkable. And, and you know, you've got Zinchenko's missed seven, you've got, I think, Party's missed three. 
Odegaard's missed just one. So, you know, they're starting the strongest 11. They've managed to keep them on the field for most of the, most of the season. And, and it reminds me of um, when Liverpool won the title. They managed to do that as well. They just basically feel the same team every single week. Um, and that continuity obviously helps massively. Um, but also, it, it does mean that if there is a massive injury to a key player, how will that affect things? You know, Thomas Partey, in my opinion, is one of the best players that they've got. Um, Odegaard as well. If one of those gets injured, then you know what happens. I'd be massively surprised if if Arsenal took the Europa League seriously when it comes around to that round of uh, that um, quarterfinal stage. I'd be hugely surprised um, if they're in a similar position. If they're nine points clear of the Premier League and the Europa League draws made, and they, they get you know, I don't know, like a a tricky looking Spanish team like a Sociedad or something like that. I'd be surprised if he didn't just rest and rotate and just just completely throws all the eggs in the Premier League basket. Um, I think I, that's what I would do. You know, you've not won the Premier League for so long. Why would you try and risk, you know, throwing that away, picking up extra injuries, extra minutes on legs, that kind of thing? Um, but they, they've answered a lot of my questions, Arsenal, to the point where I, I do think they are rightly favourites. I, I know we said last week was a big week for them, away at, uh, at Spurs, but this weekend could be the biggest yet. Just, just... Hear me out, because uh, we, we we are expecting Man United to beat Crystal Palace. This obviously it, it kind of leans on that. If United beat Crystal Palace and then beat Arsenal, they're three points behind Arsenal. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it becomes a case of right, you know, where's your bottle? Um, so yeah, I, I think it, this this is this is one final hurdle for me. If they if they get through this weekend, if they beat Manchester United, I, I think that they are well on their way to to the title because they've got a couple of games before that City match. Um, and to be honest, the fixtures either side of the City game aren't that difficult on paper. You know, you've got you've got Everton, um, Everton uh, away, you've got Brentford at home, you've got Villa away, you've got Leicester away. And those two are coming after the, the Man City game. Then you've got Bournemouth, Fulham. So in reality, if you can maintain a, a six, seven point lead going into the City game, you know, you've got six games there where you'd expect this Arsenal team to probably make maximum points. So it wouldn't really matter what happened in that game. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm coming around to the fact and I've kind of mentally readied myself for Arsenal winning the title. Wow, wow, wow. Get that on tape. We're saving that clip right there. Mentally prepared himself for Arsenal to yeah. win the title. Conversely, um, on this podcast, if you've been listening, listener, I've told you, week on, like United top four was the was the play for quite some time. What about United to win the Premier League plus thirteen hundred? <laughs> we're we're doing this podcast. A lot of it's dependent on what happens against Crystal Palace. If they don't come up with a win, then scrap it. But Jake said it. They could finish the weekend if they go back to back wins over Palace and Arsenal. Both away, by the way, um, they could be within three points of Arsenal at plus thirteen hundred. That seems to be um, tempting, to say the least, if you like their chances over the next two games. Something to keep in mind. Uh, anything, um, b- before we get to this week's games, anything in terms of top four futures or relegation futures? Like, relegation is so difficult. I, I spent a lot, a lot of time looking at this, crunching the numbers, but bottom line is there's two points separating about seven teams at the bottom of the table. And, you are know, like Southampton wins, they're still stuck on the bottom. But I mean, it's just such a logjam, and it's very difficult for me to protect who's going to finish where amongst that group. Yeah, so based on the simulation, which obviously takes into account team ratings, team form, and current position in the table, um, we've got 
Bournemouth as as good as down, 74% chance of being relegated. Then come Everton at 61%. So we, we really don't like Everton's chances of survival, given the way they're currently playing. Um, Southampton at 47%. So they, they, they've been above the 50% line for most of the season now. And, you know, that win at the weekend against Everton uh, dropped them underneath it. Uh, and then surprisingly come, what well, in my opinion, Wolves at 28%. I, I can't see Wolves going down personally. Leicester at 26.5% are probably a team that I could see going down. They're playing that badly right now. Um, yeah, I, I'm just getting their price up now. Plus 300. The, 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 out of all of the kind of outsiders, that would be somewhere I'd be looking personally. Um, I just don't really... I've not seen enough from them. Um, this restart's been horrendous. The the defense looks all over the place yet again. They're not a team that's going to go and spend as well in in the net, the remainder of the January uh, window. So yeah, I, I think that they could be a surprise candidate to to drop. And and yeah, surprisingly leads at plus three twenty five as well. That looks a big well, a big number. Yeah, I don't trust. I was going to say you didn't mention the two teams that I've entrusted from the outset. Of the season, I always had Bournemouth as odds odds on being relegated, but Nottingham Forest and Leeds. I still don't trust either one of those teams. I've told Nottingham you all Forest season. Plus Forest, Forest will be fine with Dean Henderson out now. I don't. I don't know. I their away form is still yeah. horrendous. We will. We'll have to see. Leicester City, Leeds, Nottingham Forest, all in that group with Southampton and Wolves. Not mentioned West Ham, Everton. West Ham, this weekend's a huge game. It's going to be one of our feature matchups. So let's kick on and get straight into it. Um, our feature five, and then we'll go rapid fire for the rest. Uh, ready to get after it this weekend? Um, yeah, and, let's and let's, and let's continue the trend. On paper, it's a good one to start the weekend in practice. Two teams simply on miserable form. It's ninth place Liverpool hosting 10th place Chelsea. <laughs> Both these sides are 10 points back of the top four. Who would have had that at the start of the season? Both are on 28 points, but Chelsea has played a game more than Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool were smashed by Brighton. Embarrassed, like hearing Jurgen Klopp's comments after, and he was right. It was just horrible. 3-0 loss away, 1.96 um, XG to 1.17, courtesy of the InfoGoal model. They did bounce back on Tuesday, grinded out a 1-0 win over Wolves uh, to advance in the FA Cup, but they're they're attacking three. It's like Gakpo and Elliott. and like. Do you know how much XG they created in that game? No, how much? 0.14. I watched the game. It was just... It was very much a Wolvesy game, and Liverpool have kind of gone that way. They've conceded in eight of their last 10 games at all competitions, and Liverpool have conceded in each and every one of their last eight in the Premier League. They've gone over the number of two and a half, and both teams to score in their last seven in the Premier League. They've been the first to concede in four or five of all competition. I always repeat this every week. They still have the best XG in the Premier League. Jake did a great video over the week. A top team from an attacking perspective, at least they were. That number's regressing, but defensively 13th in terms of expected goals against in the Premier League. At home, 6-2-1, and one, 23 goals to 9, and the fourth best home expected goal differential in the Premier League. Their only loss came to Leeds, but they have beat teams like City and Newcastle at Anfield this season. Nunez, it looks like he's on road to return. They need a focal point in attack. Chelsea, a much-needed 1-0 win over Crystal Palace. 
They lost three in a row and were winless in four before that. And a positive note, they had a 2.06 XG in that game against Palace. Uh, Mudrick is in line for a debut in this one. Um, somehow he ended up at Chelsea, not Arsenal. There's a lot of irony involved in that move. Eight years of Mudrick in the team. Uh, still six goals in their last nine Premier League games overall for Chelsea. Still 12th in terms of XG. They're three, two, and five away from home. Just nine goals scored in those 10 away games. 13.3 away XG. And they haven't won in their last five away games. They have 11 first team injuries still in suspensions, including Sterling, Zakaria, Fafana, and, and Joe Felix remain suspended as well. Head to head. This is their first meeting this season, but last year it was draw, 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 like they just drew across the board. Goalless draws in both the FA Cup and the EFL Cup finals. The In the league, 2-2 two, two and a 1-1. One, one. So they've gone less than two and a half goals in five of their last six. Liverpool, Chelsea. Um, you don't have to pick one, Jake, but if you were to make a play in this game, what would it be? Um, yeah, I'd be swerving the traditional 1x2 market. That is for certain. Um, I definitely yeah. would be confident back in either team to win the game. And, and obviously the draw comes with its own, um, you know, kind of uh, concerns. But I, I thought over two and a half goals was worth a play um, at minus 133. It's quite a, uh, it's quite a, you know, it's a short price. But, you know, we're talking about a Liverpool team who are league leading in attack, as you mentioned. Um, and defensively, they just con- consistently can't keep their opponents out. Um you know, they, they had the the clean sheet in midweek in the in, in the game against Wolves. Wolves rotated. To be fair, they, they didn't start there. You know, Cunha didn't start. Pedence didn't start. Um, Nunez didn't start. So that there was a lot of rotation on the in the Wolves team, and I'm not reading too much into that. Uh, and yeah, uh, 1.7 expected goals against per game is what they've allowed um, so far this season. And as you said, I, I did a video on. Um, on Liverpool this week, and and it, that that figure is the most they've ever conceded in a season um, under Klopp. At least one relegated team since Klopp's arrival has been um, as, as well has gone down with a better defensive process than what Liverpool currently have. Just kind of to put it in perspective, just how bad that defensive process is. Um, so uh, you know Chelsea, they got a rare win last time out, but they is two successive displays which they've actually created. Quite a lot of good chances. Um, 2.74 at Fulham. I'm lucky not to get at least a point in that game. Uh, and then 2.06 against Crystal Palace. So are we starting to see Chelsea attack trend in a positive direction? Maybe. Um, but again, defensively, they still look quite vulnerable um, uh, as well. So I think we could be in for a bit of a barnstormer here. I really do. Um, I don't think Liverpool know any other way of playing than attack-minded, especially at Anfield. Uh, and I think Chelsea have got the the tools to, to cause some problems for them. So... Yeah, I'm happy to take the over two and a half at a short price. Um, and yeah, it's it's a twelve thirty game over in the UK, which means it's on TV, which is great news um, compared to last week's Brighton at Liverpool match. Um, so yeah, uh, looking forward to it. I think I think it's got the potential to be good, and, and I'm really interested to see what Mudrick brings to the team as well. Um, you know, I'm expecting him to play on the wing. I hope he plays down the left because you know playing up against Trent, he should get a really nice, easy welcome to the Premier League. Okay. Uh, do you want to make this odds versus wheels part four? Ooh, I yeah, mean, go on. Are you, are you taking the under? Because my preferred play is under two and a half at plus 116 in this game. It's because yeah, of the injuries in, in, in both of these sides that I just can't trust either in attack right now. 
Like they were, Liverpool's numbers are buoyed by the way that they started the season, all the chances that they, that they created. But as of late, that just hasn't been the case. Against Brighton, I mean, th- that attack was toothless. There's no legs in the midfield. It, will Nunez be able to play and start and play 19 minutes? Like they rely so much on Salah, who looks like an isolated figure right now as Gakpo. I, I don't really understand that signing. They, they, there's just nothing to it. A lot of their goals in recent years came from their, their their press, the relentlessness in terms of willingness to run. They so miss Sadio Mane. I just, I'm not buying this Liverpool attack. And even with Mudrick coming to the scene, this this Chelsea side still doesn't have a num- number nine. I get that Havertz scored last game, but he misses more chances than he takes. And there's just so many injuries. Like the engine in the midfield in this Chelsea team, it's done. It's injured. It's 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 not playing. Their, their fullbacks, which have been their strength, is just not there. I think that these are two managers that are a little bit desperate right now. They're not playing to either one of their managers' identities. Like Liverpool grinded out that game against Wolves because they played rather defensive. They sat back a little bit more. So... I think based upon the state of both sides, they're going to have to play a little bit more caging defensively. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of picturing like, you know, Chelsea United played to a 1-1. I'm kind of thinking it's going to be that kind of game. Uh, it could finish, very well finish a 1-1. So that's my favorite play in this game is an under two and a half. I, I'm also leaning to make a play on Chelsea with the handicap of plus half a goal at a plus number. Uh, it started this morning at plus 103. Right now I'm looking, it's plus 101. So you're still getting just a shade better than even odds just because you can't bet on Liverpool right now. You just can't. I'd rather take my chances with Chelsea being able to come away with a draw or a win. It's a coin toss for me. You're right. I'm not playing a win a win for either side or a draw here. But you give me Chelsea with that handicap, I'm tempted to make that play. You know what? I'm going to lock in a half play for, for Chelsea with the handicap of um, – of, of plus 0.5. So two places. You're a brave man. So brave I just, I, I look at Liverpool and I just, I, 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 I can't, I'm actually, I, I, I think that the number reflects what Liverpool is kind of supposed to be rather than what they are right now, because this is not it. I, I agree that this current price um, for Liverpool to win the game is a little bit short, but I I've not seen enough for Chelsea to suggest that they can go to Anfield and get anything at all, even even a depleted Liverpool, um, in my opinion. And, you know, you, you, it's interesting, isn't it, how we both view the game in a similar way, but have come with different outcomes. Because you've said that both teams are desperate, that they're going to shut up shop and be tight. I think both teams are desperate, so they're going to be going the other way. And they're going right. to go crazy attacking football because, you know, they both need a win, really. Because they, they need, you know, a draw isn't good enough for them here. Neither of them. They're, as you said, ninth and tenth. Yeah. 10 points off the top four, like draws aren't going to get you flowing up that gap, they, but they need to win games. Um, even if it's just, you know, even if the top four is out of reach, even if it's just to get form before the Champions League returns, I, I just can't see them sitting uh, like sort of resting on the laurels and, and it being quite cagey. I just think that they'll both see weaknesses in each other. Um, and, you know, Klopp and Potter are, are generally quite attack-minded coaches. And I, I, I can see it being... Yeah, like I say, it's quite is it's that's just football, isn't it? We've we've come we've got, got similar ideas, but come out of it with different yeah. approaches. Um, let, so yeah, let, let's have a head to head. Head to head, I'm up two one in this. Like, look, like these two sides were much more well rounded, better attacking sides last year, and they've gone under in five of their last six. So 
Uh, I just don't think there's going to be much to separate yeah. these sides. I, I wouldn't be surprised if a draw comes through, and I like the under. So, yeah, the under is yeah. my main play. I, I think the draws or the, the unders last last season were definitely to do with Tuchel. Um, he's a, he's a manager that that is, well, normally plays um, big six games quite tight. He doesn't he doesn't like to concede too much possession, anything like that. He doesn't like to go over the top in the big six clashes. And I just think Potter's a little bit different. So. Um, yeah, I, I'm 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 looking forward to seeing this. Uh, and like I said, I can actually watch this on telly, which is oh, nice. They should bump that game. Ninth versus tenth place dross for the in for fairness. The, the, the rest of Saturday slate, what you're gonna bump up? <laughs> well, maybe this next game that we're gonna deal with, <laughs> it's bottom of the table, is 18th place West Ham and 19th place Everton. It reminds me of one of those old wrestling matches it's like the retirement game if you lose you're out (laughs) (laughs) instead of retiring it's going to be Lampard or Moyes getting the sack incredibly both teams have scored just 15 goals on the season thus far so we'll see what play we're going to be making in this one if any West Ham lost to Wolves 1-0 a 0.93 xg to 0.89 seven Premier League games without a win for West Ham and they've had a worse xg in each and every one of those games, one win in 10 overall in the Premier League. Their expected league position for West Ham remains ninth, according to InfoGoal, despite their form getting worse by the week. They're 11th in XG and 7th best in expected goals against, so that's why. But home, three wins, a, three wins, a draw, and five losses, nine goals, four, just nine goals, four, wow, and 12 against. Uh, they've been the first to concede in eight of 10 back-to-back home losses. Their last two in the Premier League to Leicester and Brentford. And they've conceded two um, in, in their last three home games. Cause in the game before that, they lost two, one to crystal palace as well. Everton, a two, one home loss to Southampton after scoring first in that game, man, it was a big blow to them. They did have a better XG 1.27 to 1.07, but really not much to separate them there. They haven't won in their last seven Premier League games either. Everton, both teams to score has come through in five out of five in all comps and over two and a half in six out of seven in all competitions. They have did you know, fared a little bit better away than they have at home, coming up with draws in their last two away games against City and Fulham. I should say in two of their last three away games. Only Fulham have a worst expected goals against in the Premier League. 35 expected goals against in just 19 games for Everton. One, four, and four away, and they have the third worst expected goal differential away from home. Head-to-head earlier this season, it was a 1-0 win for Everton, but the XG 0.32 to 0.99 in that game. This fixture last season finished 2-1, but the number or the total has come uh, has fallen to the under two and a half in four of their last five meetings. West Ham, Everton, Jake, go. I'm glad this isn't on the telly because I'm expecting a very drab game with very few scoring chances. Um, under two and a half goals for me. Uh, it, it seems like a very obvious play. So I was quite surprised to see the price at, at minus 120, which is a number I'm, I'm more than happy to, to make a play on. Um, like I said, two teams, the winless in seven. If we take those seven games and just have a little look at the underlying numbers, you can kind of see why the unders all is just comes like an obvious, um, obvious, obvious selection. Um, West Ham have generated just 0.79 non-penalty expected goals for per game across those seven matches. They failed to score in four of those, but at the other end they've allowed just 1.35 non-penalty expected goals against per game. So their games in general 
aren't featuring too many high-scoring chances. Um, and Everton, just 1.03 non-penalty expected goals for per game across their last seven. 1.95 expected goals against per game. So they're a little bit leakier at the back, which we kind of know of just from the eye test. Um, but you've got two really poor attacking units. Um, and, uh, you know, the question for me is, can West Ham create enough to beat Everton? I mean, they should get the chances, given what Everton are giving up. But at the same time, West Ham are really struggling in forward areas. So... Um, yeah, two really poor attacks. There's a lot on the line. Um, generally, David Moyes is quite a conservative coach, so I don't think he'll be going for the kill um, and trying to take the three points from a you know an end-to-end kind of clash. I think he'll look for a more controlled win like they got against Bournemouth, which was the last time they actually won a game, um, which was I think it was like a one-nil up until the last five minutes, and then they got a penalty. Um, so yeah, I, I just thought the unders looked looked way too big of a price. And you know, you, if you look at just the raw figures, the under two and a half landed in seventy eight percent of West Ham home games and sixty seven percent of Everton's away games. So you've got a really, you know, it's a decent sample size between the two pair, uh, the two clubs, and you've got a really high percentage if you combine them. Um, so yeah, um, it might be my best bet of the week. Wow, might be maybe. Okay. I'm not touching this game. I don't trust. I don't trust either one of the sides. I, you know, I'm using the info goal model. I've I've ridden West Ham a little bit and not been rewarded for for that. I'm not sure if and when and how they turn this around. It could be a game they put two or three past Everton. And I was looking at West Ham win to nil at plus one ninety eight. That no, but I just can't trust West Ham. I, I'm sorry, I just can't do it. This team where they concede first, they just cannot claw their way back into game. So they need to play defensive and not concede. Do they score in this game? I'm not quite sure. Everton, I haven't made an Everton play in months when it comes to being on their side. Not going to start this weekend as well. So no play for me in this game. I don't, I don't blame you. I think I think it's first goal wins in that one. Yeah, it, it could be. If you like West Ham to, to bounce, they're due, but... Whatever that means, um, <laughs> plus one ninety eight to win to nil. Um, that's the best advice I can give you. But I'm not making that play, and I wouldn't rush out to go make that play either. Um, let's move on. Manchester City face sixteenth place Wolves on Sunday. That's because Manchester City uh, play Spurs on Thursday, and that's coming up after this podcast is being recorded. Um, before that Spurs game, back to back losses for Man City. Southampton in the EFL Cup and United, both coming away from home. Uh, they fell 2-1 um, in the Manchester Derby on the weekend. It was their biggest expected goals defeat since September of 2020. United were the better side. They only had one shot on target, Man City, in that game, and it found the back of the net. Two wins, two losses, and a draw in their last five Premier League games. Both teams to score have played in four to five over that span. They still have the most goals and the best expected goal differential, according to InfoGoal. At home, they've been very good. 7-1-1 one, and one before their home match against Spurs on Thursday. 31 goals, but the XG is much lower at 21.5. And they've been 8.7 expected goals against in nine games at home as well. So they've been good defensively. Stones and Diaz remain out at the back. Akanji and Ake played decent. And they'd be the first to score in seven of eight. Wolves beat West Ham last weekend 1-0, but then lost 1-0 in the return leg of the FA Cup to Liverpool on Tuesday. 3-3 and 2 in all competitions under Lopetegui as manager. But it's the same issues. Goals. Where are they coming from? Uh, they've only gone over two and a half goals in two of eight 
and they've only scored four goals in their last four games and 12 goals overall in the season. They haven't lost away from home in their last five in all competition. That's a positive. Um, and they're top half of the table in terms of expected goals against, having the fourth best expected goals against away from home. Only City, Arsenal, Newcastle are better in that category. Lamina and Sarabia have come in. The recent signings both could feature this weekend as well. Head-to-head, City beat Wolves 3-0 earlier this season. It was 2-0 before Collins was sent off. And Wolves just put up a 0.3 XG in that game. City won five straight against Wolves, have scored six games in a row, have been first to score in six of six, and have been the first half winner in five of six in this matchup. And they've gone over the two and a half goal total in five of six games as well. In this fixture last season, it finished 1-0. City, not surprisingly, not knowing what was going to happen on Thursday night, are still a significant favorite in this game. Uh, is there a play to be made in this one? City Wolves at the Etihad. Yeah, I, I quite like the under three goal line uh, at plus 114. I was quite quite surprised to see that they're offering money back if there's exactly three goals. Um, I thought it'd be a little bit higher. Uh, sorry, a little bit lower the goal line. I thought it'd be around 2.75. Um, yeah, I think the fact that they play on uh, in midweek, City, is, you know, we know they've got a big and a deep squad, but They've played midweek weekend, midweek weekend, midweek weekend for three straight weeks, straight out of the restart. So um, it's going to have an effect. They've got a couple of injuries as well, particularly at the back. Um, and they've not really, they've not really looked like the city that we saw at the start of the season. Um, they've started to struggle a little bit. They've scored just just once in four of the last five league games. Um, so they've they've hit only multiple goals once in those in, in the five games, which was at Leeds. Um, the underlying numbers are still fairly strong across that period, but last weekend, you know, they they barring the goal, they didn't cause Man United much trouble at all. Um, and you know, United are a good defensive team. We've been speaking for the last couple of weeks or months about their improvement at the back. Um, and while I don't think Wolves are that good defensively, they are towards the top end of the league in terms of um, underlying data, which you've just highlighted. So. Um, yeah, they, they've been they've been decent under Lopetegui. Two wins and a draw in four league games. Um, definitely, the defense has been the calling card. They're st- still struggling to create chances. Um, low scoring games that just continue to be a theme with Wolves. They have been for three, four years now. And um, you know, we, the under three goal line would have landed in three of four Lopetegui matches, pushed in one. Um, and across the last seven of City, the under three. Would have paid out as a winner in three and pushed in three while only losing in one. So, um, you know, that security of money back if it's three goals, something that appeals to me greatly because, you know, if if City do win, I don't expect it to be a 4-5-0 game, it, you know, 3 nil max, in which case you're getting a push. Um, but I think I think Wolves can make it difficult for them um, and maybe see this as a 1-0 or a 2-0 City. So, I was quite, you know, quite happy to see a plus number um, in what I think is a is a potentially tricky game for City. I get your logic there. Um, this is very un Gareth Wheeler. I'm not making a play here either. Right. <laughs> I just, I, I, I just when you when you hear Gundogan and others say that something's just not right right now about this Man City side. I'm just going to stay away for the time being. The good news, if you're a City supporter, like this little bit of a wobble's happening now. And not at the end of the season when it typically happens in the Champions League and they, they they drop these random games. I think it's better to happen now for this side to figure it out and get it together. But while they're on this little bit of a wobble, I'm not willing to make a play at the prices that are provided. 
I, I just don't think that Wolves offer anything in attack. Going to the Etihad, I think it's going to be exceptionally difficult. I'm just not sure if this is the game that City break out or not. So I'll just stay away for the time being and I'll move on. So back-to-back games, no play for me. Yeah. Do I have a temperature? Am I feeling okay? Oh, yeah. I, I you're, so. you're, you're putting a lot of the burden on me to put a play up. So. <laughs> <laughs> I have to play for this next game. We might cool. actually, it might be actually the first time on this podcast. We have two head-to-heads. Oz Ooh, versus Wheeler are the right, same one. Yeah. <laughs> because get out your hot tub time machine, people, and spin yourself back to two decades ago. This is like Wenger and Ferguson, but this time around it's Arteta and Ten Hag in a critical game near the top of the table in the Premier League. It's Arsenal hosting United with the Gunners leading the way in the Premier League heading into this weekend. United, they play Wednesday against Crystal Palace. We'll see if they can close that gap between them and the league leaders. For Arsenal, a 2-0 win in the North London Derby. Made pretty easy business of it as well. 1.39 XG to Arsenal's 1.96 in that game. They're eight points up before the City and United games go and are played on Wednesday and Thursday, respectively. 47 points in 18 games. Their only loss came against Manchester United. No loss in their last five. No goals conceded in three overall for Arsenal. And they're in a stretch right now where they played Spurs. Now they play United. Then they play City in the FA Cup. Then Everton, Brentford, then City again. Uh, They're only fourth best in XG on the season, but they do have the top expected goals against. 42 goals on an XG on the season of 36.9. They haven't lost at home, 7-1 and 0. The draw came last time out against Newcastle. They're 6.8 expected goals against in eight games at home. Unquestionably the best in the Premier League. Odegaard, Martinelli, Saka. Eight, seven, and six goals, respectively, but none of them have an XG of over five. United, they play Palace on Wednesday. Nine wins in a row before that. 2-1 over City. 1.67 XG to just 0.67 for City in that game. Uh, City only had one shot on target. Uh, They won their last two away games in the Premier League as well against Fulham and Wolves. This is a step up in class. Fourth best in expected goal differential away from home, 16 goals against, but an XG, uh, expected goals against, that is, of 12.3. The good news is that this isn't a fluke in terms of United's form. They've won the XG battle in their last seven games overall. Rashford has set goals in seven straight games, eight and seven since the World Cup. United have been first to score in six of seven and have gone over the two and a half goal total in five out of their last six. This is a very... Um, It should be a straightforward stretch for United coming up. After Arsenal this weekend, they play Nottingham Forest, Reading, Forest again, Palace, and Leeds. And that spans three different competitions. Delo is a question mark, but Wout is not out. He is in. (laughs) Weghorst is now a United player. Head-to-head, United won 3-1 earlier this season. Arsenal did edge them in the XG in that game. Anthony scored a debut in that game, and Rashford scored a brace. Interestingly, interestingly, in the last three games they played, uh, each team has won by scoring three goals. 3-1, 3-1, and 3-2 for United last season. Ramsdale and De Gea have both been excellent on the season, second and third overall in clean sheets. It's a big one. Uh, Jake, you teased it earlier in the podcast that you may have another Arsenal play in this one. Is that the direction that you're going? It is, yeah. I'm taking Arsenal um, just to win the game, minus 101. Uh, 
you know, if you rewind about 20 minutes, we were just talking about um, the title and the percentages. And yeah, I'm, I'm very, uh, like I said, come to terms with the fact that this could be the year Arsenal win the title. I think they're playing that that well. Um, I, the underlying numbers are at a similar level to Manchester City, um, which, you know, is staggering given what we saw last season from Arsenal. Um, you know, the fact that this game's at the Emirates, I think it's huge. Um, you know, away from home, Arsenal have been fantastic as well, but at, at home, they've been pretty sensational. Um, from an underlying data perspective, 2.36 expected goals for 0.85 against at home this season, which is, you know, I think, the third best attacking process and, the, and the, the best defensive process when playing at home. They won seven of eight at the Emirates. The process, as I said, is similar to Man City. So I ask my, myself again, what price would Man City be at home to United? What price? Like I, I would expect maybe minus 200. That high right now. Do you think so? I was going to yeah, say maybe yeah. a minus 140. Well, the fact that City were a minus number at Old Trafford suggests that you, they'd be heavy, heavily odds on um, if they were hosting. So, yeah, I, I, personally, I rate an Arsenal at a similar level to Man City right now. And I don't think the market's really, you know, I think it's still underestimating them. Um, you know, I've said all the positives about Arsenal. United are looking good. You know, they won five straight in the league. I still got question marks about them away from home, though. Uh, we don't know how they get on in midweek. Five wins from nine on, on the face of it looks good. But they've beaten Wolves, Fulham, Everton, Leicester and Southampton. You know, four of those teams are in the uh, currently in the bottom six in the league. So there's no scouts there. They lost away at City. They drew at Chelsea, who were, you know, not in a very good place at the time. Um, I think Potter maybe five games in, something like that. So, yeah, I, I, I'm yet to see enough from United away from home to make me sit sit up and go, wow, yeah, they, they can go to the Emirates, the best home team in the land, and get a result. Um, whereas we've seen Arsenal, they've just dismantled teams readily at, at the Emirates. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to ride with the Gunners again. Um, I, I Like I said, I think the price is huge. I, I really do. I think they should be a lot shorter for this, um, given given the underlying data, given that they're fully fit, given the the, the run that they're on right now. Um yeah, I just think it's the it's the name Manchester United that's keeping this price a, a, a very wow. juicy one. Um, I think if you'd put any other team there with the same process, it would be you know a heavy odds on kind of um, kind of price. So, yeah, I have a feeling you're this is this is going to be a head to head. Um, you're going to be looking at Man United plus not plus a half. Um, I would expect, which I can see, I can see, but I, I just I I really do. It, it's it's a price play more than anything for me. I think the price is wrong. I think it should be shorter uh, because they are performing at a level that is Man City esque. So yeah, it's going to be my favorite play of the week, and it's going to be very much like Newcastle against Arsenal a few weeks back. It's it's a step up in class for Arsenal because you can say the same thing. Arsenal continue to beat teams that they should, and full credit to them for going out and doing that. And they've been impressive in their game model. Uh, Odegaard, Martinelli, and Saka have driven this team forward. But to step up in competition against a United team that's been tactically flexible, uh, I think their manager um, perhaps isn't being fully appreciated how good he's been pulling the right strings. Luke Shaw playing center back against Man City, you know, playing Bruno out on the right. Like he's making every adjustment that needs to be made. I think the United are strong through that midfield area to take away the strength in this Arsenal side. I think it's going to be a combative combative game. I think this game, a, a draw, 
would really fancy Arsenal. I think Arsenal would be happy coming away with a draw in this game. The way that they played, beat the teams that you should, draw difficult teams like United like this, the team that already beat them this season. Give me United on the handicap of plus half a goal at minus 108. I think this is my favorite play of the week, to be honest with you. I understand that they play Wednesday, but there's rotation in this side. You can bring in different center backs. You can, you can change what you look like at fullback. You can, he, I think he's rotated the midfield very, very well in this game. The, the only thing that makes me a little bit nervous, we need to see the way that the game plays out against Crystal Palace because if Casemiro or Fred picks up a caution, um, either one of them suspended for the weekend. I think that both players could play a big role. You can almost almost utilize Fred in the role that he played against Manchester City, against De Bruyne. Uh, you can use him in a very similar similar way against Odegaard as well. So uh, that's my favorite play in this game. I also have a second play in this game, Jake, as well. Under the number of two and a half at plus 114. Like I, Again, I think it'll be like a low-scoring, cagey game. Both teams are excellent defensively. But that, that's where their bread and butters. That's where the, the strength is um, with, with both of these teams is in terms of their defensive work that they put in, how good they are defensively. Under two and a half at plus 114, that's the number I can get behind as well. Okay. Yeah, see, I'd be going the opposite way on that as well. I think there could be quite a few goals in this one. Wow. Um, yeah, Arsenal generally against the big boys have been quite entertaining. I think it's 3-1 against Spurs, 3-2 against Liverpool. Um, you know, three-one in the reverse game as well. I think United will look to play on the counter-attack, but I, I've just done some digging. And um, earlier in the season, City were minus two twenty-two to beat Man United. Now, obviously, United weren't as good as what they are now. If you kind of factor, if you factor that in a little bit, you know, you're probably getting. I would expect if they played that game again at the Etihad, you get minus one fifty-four for Arsenal. Uh, sorry, for Man City if they were hosting uh, at the uh, at the Etihad. And I still think that's a big leap, you know, this current from minus 154 to minus 104, which is what, we, what we're getting right now. Uh, I think it's too big. I, I do think that, that Arsenal deserve a bit more respect than that in the market. And Yeah, they're, they're basically saying, the bookies, that if this was played at a neutral venue, um, that Arsenal would only win 43% of the time. And I don't think that's right. I think they'd win um, a little bit more than that, probably 46, 47%. So... Um, yeah, I, I like it. Two head to heads. This is exciting. Yeah, this this is. I could overturn the deficit in one week. I know, or or you could dig yourself a much deeper hole. That's probably the <laughs> yeah. way that it's gonna go. All right, uh, let's head to our final feature match of the weekend, and it's Monday night football, and it should be a really good one. This is one we can actually give. Uh, a little bit of hype behind, not like Liverpool, Chelsea on Saturday, but it's sixth place Fulham taking on fifth place Spurs. Uh, Fulham, one nil loss on short rest. It was very short rest. They played a Thursday, Sunday, a difficult turnaround for them against Newcastle, an 89th minute goal from Isak won it for Newcastle in that game, but they were competitive throughout. They did beat Chelsea 2-1 the Thursday before. This was their first loss uh, and the first game they didn't win. After the World Cup in all competitions, Fulham been playing very good. They're sixth uh, in the league, but their expected league position, according to InfoGoal, is 12th. They still have the worst expected goals against 39.6 in 20 games. Uh, the seventh most goals, however, and they're eighth in XG. 5-3-2 and two at home, a positive goal differential, 18-5. to five. But again, their expected goals against at home is still the worst in the Premier League. Their last three at home all ended in a 2-1 final. Wins over Chelsea and Southampton and a loss to Manchester United. 
They've gone over two and a half in nine of 10 at home. The one exception, a goalless draw against Everton. They've been first to score in the first half winner of six out of seven. And it's also worthwhile to bring up that guy with a great nickname, Anthony Jedi Robinson, the left back, will be suspended for this game. Spurs, they play City on Thursday, but they're coming into that game, losing 2-1 to Arsenal. They've given up two or more goals in seven of their last eight games. However, they're still seventh in XG, sixth in expected goals against. So for me, fifth place, they're just about right where they should be in terms of the league table. Four, three, and two away ahead of that City game. 16 goals scored, 12 against, but just 12th in expected goals. However, they did beat Palace 4-0 in their last away game before this. But going back to back, uh, uh, away at City, away at Fulham. It's a little bit of a tricky stretch for Spurs here. Bentoncourt looking to get fit. He may be able to feature, uh, may be able to feature as soon as Thursday as well. Head-to-head, Spurs won this matchup 2-1 early in the season. No surprise, Kane and Mitrovic both scored in that game. Uh, Spurs haven't lost to Fulham in their last eight. No clean sheets for Fulham in eight. They've gone over the two and a half goal total of six of eight, and both teams have scored in four of five. Um, should be a competitive game. Uh, Spurs, based on reputation, um, have a little bit more juice in this, or a little bit less juice in this one uh, than Fulham. What do you make from this game? It should be a really good one from Craven Cottage. Yeah, I think it could be a really good competitive game. Um, I was looking at the Fulham uh, number on the money line at plus 230, and that was interesting to me because I think there's every chance they do to Spurs what they did to Chelsea not so long ago and, and you know, take a decent scalp. Um, but then, you know, you just click on the InfoGoal website, look at the underlying data and away, you know, even at home, they're, they're allowing over two expected goals against per game, which you know, against the Spurs side that, that, yes, they're not creating much at the moment, but they are very clinical when they do get chances. Usually, I think that's a little bit dangerous. So um, I, I kind of pivoted away from the the money line and, and went back to the the goal line. Um, over two and a half goals at minus 125 looks really good to me. It, it, I, I really like this bet. I think Fulham in general have been really fun to watch, as I said, away from, uh, in terms of defensively, they concede a load of chances. Um, but going forward, they create 1.7 expected goals for per game. So their matches at home are averaging 3.73 expected goals against uh, expected goals per game. So Chances at both ends. Over two and a half landing, 90% of matches at Craven Cottage this season. Spurs continue to be all over the place defensively. And I know that they, they had this shutout at Crystal Palace, but I think if Jordan Ayew scores that goal in the first half, then you know it might look even worse for Spurs than, than it does right now. Away from home, 1.47 go- expected goals for 1.44 against. So again, they're averaging nearly three expected goals per match when they travel. And over two and a half landed in six of their last eight and four of the last six away matches. So, you know, I fully expect this to be quite an entertaining game. And we're at the point in the season now as well. I know it's only halfway, but if Spurs are going to finish in the top four, they need to win these matches. Like they can't just go to Fulham and try and avoid defeat. They're going to have to go out and and, and try and get three points, which will leave them even more exposed at the back. Um, And Fulham, they've got some serious weapons that can cause Spurs shaky backlines and problems. So yeah, I'm all over the goals in this one. Yeah, me too. Over two and a half goals at minus 125. It's a no-brainer. My second favorite play of the week. You know me, Fulham and my overs. I just continue <laughs> to ride that train. And it's been very profitable over the course of the season. I will make a half play as well. 
on Spurs to win this game at plus 118. This fits that category of games, the away team on a plus number, a decent plus number, and the better team, at least on paper, going to a team that I think has been punching a little bit above their weight. The expected position of 12th in the table kind of reveals a little bit of the frailty still in this Fulham side. Um, I, I think that that's inevitably to change a little bit. And, and and Spurs, this is a game that I think that Harry Kane can really dominate. And traditionally he has against teams that are weak defensively like this. I think that Spurs can go in and score multiple goals in this game. So I like Spurs in the over in this one. So I didn't play two of her feature matches, but in the other three games, I have two plays for each. So there you go. <laughs> um, shall we move on quickly to rapid fire? And this has been a profitable section for us in, in recent weeks as well. Uh, for some of the games that maybe slept on a little bit, but you can maybe find something of your liking. 15th place Leicester City and 7th place Brighton. Uh, Leicester City coming off a 2-0 loss to Forest. They're on awful form. Five losses in six overall since the World Cup, and their only win came against Gillingham. Brighton flying high despite the off-field problems with Trossard. A 3-0 win over Liverpool. Uh, Away wins over Everton and Middlesbrough in the cup. Like this team is scoring goals for fun. Do you have a play in this game? I do. Yeah. Um, I looked at Brighton to win plus one thirteen. Um, interested me for a brief moment. And then I saw Brighton to score over one and a half goals at plus one Oh one, which you obviously get the added security that, you know, it could be a two, two game. We know what the Zerbi balls like. They score, create loads of chances, but they also leave themselves exposed at the back. So you get that, Security there. I, I thought that number was fantastic, really. Leicester, shocking since the restart, conceded two expected goals against per game on average. Um, they've conceded twice in three um, of those four Premier League matches. Brighton, they are purring at the moment. Three or four wins since the restart, just a defeat to Arsenal, which is the only blemish. Um, they've scored multiple goals in six of the last seven league matches, including the last three away. So they are a really hot attacking team right now. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they can score multiple goals again at the, uh, at the King Power. Uh, that's why I like over two and a half at minus 115. As much as I like Fulham overs, I love Brighton overs. And typically I like Leicester overs. They're not scoring goals right now, but they're conceding them for fun. So give me over the total of two and a half in that game. Southampton on Aston Villa, two informed sides all of a sudden. Southampton, three wins in a row in all competition. Uh, and they scored twice in each and every one of those three games. <laughs> and their expected league position is 15th, although they remain 20th in the table. Villa flying a 2-1 win over Leeds, although the XG didn't work in their favor in that game. But they've won four of six and points in five of six in the Premier League as Unai Emery has got this team humming a little bit, at least able to come away with results. Um, you look at the number here, and I'm making a half play in this game. I don't love the play. But the number is just too good to pass up on. Villa to win at plus 155? Like Southampton's still bottom of the table. And you're saying that Villa can go there and win and you're going to give me plus 155? Um, I, I need to at least make a half play in this game. Yeah, I, I, I don't mind that myself. Um, I've, I've got no bet down <laughs> here. It's, like I said, Southampton look to be improving um, under Nathan Jones and, and Villa away from home. They've only played two matches under Emery. But they've got two impressive wins. Um, and, you know, away at Brighton and Spurs, they've come away with, with wins. So, yeah, I, de- I definitely can understand the lean towards Villa, but I, I was just happy to take a, a watching brief on that one. 
All right. Bournemouth and Nottingham Forest. Bournemouth, my God. A loss again, 2-0 to Brentford, just 0.41 XG in that game. And having an XG over one in their last four Premier League games and no goals in four since the World Cup. They take on Nottingham Forest, coming up a 2-0 win at home over Leicester City. But a reminder, they've just won one game away. It came against Southampton. Two goals for 22 goals conceded away from home. And now their goalkeeper, Dean Henderson, is out through injury. Injured himself on a goal kick. It's a battle at the bottom any chance that Bournemouth turns around their form against a team that really struggles away from home? Um, I don't think so. No, I'm, I'm going to, like Arsenal, I'm going to keep riding the forest train because I think they've turned a corner. Um, they were profitable for me last week with, um, you know, I got them on the plus on the, on the Asian handicap with a plus note, so draw no bet. I'm going to do the same bet again. Um, the price is similar. You've got minus 102 this time. It's more about Bournemouth really than Forest because Bournemouth look really, really bad. Eight defeats in nine. The only win came against Everton, which kind of says all you need to know. Um, they got shut out in six of those, creating less than 0.9 expected goals per game. Defence is, is a major problem. They're conceding goals for fun and chances for fun. Um, and yeah, Forest away from home, the, the results and the numbers aren't great. But you know that, that last win, or that one away win, actually came the last away match against a relegation rival. This is a, exactly the same kind of, uh, of formula here. And you know, they've won the XG battle in back-to-back matches, which is, you know, the sign of, of things turning the right direction. Um, and generally, they're a better team than Bournemouth. Um, I think they found the feet, they found the groove. Defensively, looking a little bit tighter, um, which I expected to be the case. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to take a play on Forest plus naught. I think they'll at least draw. We're, we're not going head-to-head here. Well, we are going head-to-head, but we're not making this an official play because my confidence level isn't high. But this is desperate days for Bournemouth. And they bullied Nottingham Forest in the second half last time they played, and they beat them 3-2. The Henderson injury, there are some knocks and niggles in this Forest team. Bournemouth to Don't win at plus 179. Oh, he's done it. Doing this it. reminds me of a couple of weeks ago in Southampton as well. I know it is. I don't. I sometimes learn from my mistakes. This time, I just forced away. Come on. Bournemouth, you this is wanna, the first You don't want to make this a head-to-head? It's their first, no, no, because I'm not <laughs> that confident in it, but... Um, just put an asterisk beside this one. Come on, Bournemouth. You beat Nottingham Forest in this game. Plus 179. Home dog against Nottingham Forest. Come on. Just I wouldn't back them at plus 300. <laughs> they are that mad. They, they turn this around uh, starting this weekend. <laughs> uh, Crystal Palace and Newcastle. Palace play United on Wednesday. Three losses in a row in all competitions heading in. Newcastle beat Fulham 1 0. How about this? Nick Pope. Hasn't conceded a goal in over 11 hours. It's wild. Five straight Premier League clean sheets. Uh, these two sides, by the way, drew uh, nil-nil in their meeting this season. The XG in that game, 4.17 to 1.03. It's a nil-nil. Do you have a play for this one? Yeah, I'm taking Newcastle to win. Uh, minus 110. I think that's a very fair number. Um, Palace, they've lost back-to-back home matches, 3-0 and 4-0. Performances in both were really bad. I know there's a couple of red cards in the first, but uh, at home, the process is nowhere near the level last season. So this season, it's 1.2, 1.5 for and against. Last season, it was 1.6, 0.97. So a massive drop-off. Um, and Newcastle, away from home, their process on the face of it doesn't look good. Uh, well, it looks kind of mediocre, but if you remove the matches against the non uh, against the big six, they're, they're actually 
clicking along at a very impressive rate. Uh, 1.9 expected goals for, 1.1 against. So away from home against the the rest, in inverted commas, um, they've been really impressive. So I'm, I'm happy to ride with Newcastle. No play for me. Uh, somehow Palace has come away with four wins at home. <laughs> Uh, I, I couldn't I, believe how high they were in the table when I was looking. I just, <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I don't get it. Where Marais looks like his ankles, but I, such an important player in this Newcastle team could end in a draw. I, I'm going to take a pass on this one. And finally, 14th place Leeds take on eighth place Brentford. Leeds coming off a loss, but their XG continues to be decent in their games played. Three, three, and three at home. Brentford on fire. Three Premier League wins in a row. They beat Bournemouth two nil. Um, and they drew their other game since the World Cup against Tottenham. And even before the World Cup, they beat City before that, and they're undefeated in seven straight overall. Ridiculous. They beat Leeds, by the way, 5-2 the last time they played. Tony had a hat trick. This one screams the over, but the numbers provided on Pinnacle doesn't scream to me in this game, so I'm going to take a pass in this one as well. Pass for me as well. Yeah. Um, Leeds are just so unpredictable right now. And we we generally, um, both of us, only like backing Brentford when they're playing at home. So, yeah, um, yeah I'm happy to just leave that one alone. All right. Uh, that's the table. That That's the fixture list, I should say, uh, for the weekend. My best bet. Go on, United. It's basically a draw, no bet. United on the handicap of 0.5 at Arsenal. You're making that the best bet. It's my best bet of the weekend. Wow. And, uh, you know, pair that with my Chelsea, basically a draw, no bet on the handicap against Liverpool. Those are two head to heads on the weekend. What's your best bet, Jake? Um, my best bet is going to be the over in the Fulham. Um, yeah, minus 125. I think there could be quite a lot of goals in that one, given the way that those two have been playing. Um, Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. So best bet, Fulham Spurs over two and a half goals. Brilliant. So a big weekend in the Premier League, atop the table, at the bottom of the table, and for our EPL Insights table as well, the Oz versus the Wheels. Um, Go to Pinnacle.com, check out the Premier League predictions articles each and every week, plus uh, keep tuned in at Pinnacle on Twitter, at Pinnacle uh, Sports on YouTube as well. We're also running our NFL Playoffs Big Bet Competition with your chance to win a $10,000 bet on American football's biggest game. Uh, The link is in the description to these podcasts. So make sure that you make a play there. Odds are correct at the time of recording. Please gamble responsibly. Follow myself at Gareth Wheeler and Jake at Jake Oz. The best of luck this weekend, Jake, uh, with the exception of the games at Anfield and the Emirates. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully the rest of it goes well for us. Um, And yeah, those two go in my favor. Uh, tell your friends about this pod. Back-to-back-to-back-to-back uh, to back to back to back, uh, profitable weeks for both of us in the Premier League as we look to keep things going this weekend as well. The best to all of you out there, and we'll see you next week. And I guess you'll hear from us next week on EPL Insights with data provided by InfoGoal.